0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Life's busy, take this deck, there's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine, that's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck, composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussie here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back, and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP/01005. Well, the Brisbane-based Dolphins have got the green light as the 17th NRL team uh, for 2023 onwards. And a man who has tried twice uh, before to get a team in the competition is Andrew Chalmers. He's the managing director of the Orcas Rugby League Limited. He joins us now. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Uh, good news for the Dolphins and, in a way, really good news for you guys down there at the Orcas as well.
1: Yeah, morning, Steve. Absolutely. Um Obviously, the Dolphins would be very happy having beaten off the, the Firehawks and the uh, jets. We've um, had to put up a, a lot of money and a lot of guarantees to, to meet those requirements. But it does, it does all go well for the next um, phase of the expansion because obviously you're not going to stay at 17 teams um, for too long.
0: So you've had this desire, um, it still burns in you, does it, to get the, the Orcas to be team number 18? And, and what kind of time frame would you be looking at? I think,
1: um, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I was, I was thinking about it. I, I was first involved in uh, putting the bid for the, uh, Wellington, it was the Wellington Dolphins. That was in 1991. And I look back and think, <clears throat> mate, that's 30 years ago. And then obviously the second <laughs> bid went in, in two thousand and four. So, um, in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of timelines, you know, it's a, it's it's one of those things where I, I sort of I, I believed it was right in nineteen ninety one when the submissions went in for the start in ninety four, which obviously the worries went into. And I think it would be a great thing for the sporting landscape in this country. I think it'd be a great thing for all sports fans. It'd be a great thing for um, rugby league fans and it'll be great for um, the existing clubs in the NRL, and it'll be great for the Warriors as well, um, creating that um, local derby. But you've got to be realistic about um, timeframes, and the way, the way we see it is this is that if you look at the TV rights deals, the NRL expanded the existing TV rights deal for Sky and for Fox to expire in the 2027 season and the Channel 9 bill only runs until the end of next year, 2022. So you'd imagine that they'll bring those all into an alignment. And obviously what they're doing is, as they've done with this uh, current extension, they've been able to get an uplift in the money uh, that was on offer, which has benefited the NRL and the other clubs. And we'll follow, we think, the same process with respect to kicking off the next level of the expansion, and we think that will be in the two thousand and 28th season. That might sound a fair way out but in reality it's not because as a club you have to be buying players um, and in the market from 1 November 2026 at the absolute latest so if you sort of work backwards from there, <clears throat> this new club's going to kick off in 2023, they'll want to see that bid in and be successful. And you know you want a reasonable period of time for that to happen. So if that's happening over twenty four, twenty five, it sort of it sort of all seems to um, all seems to make sense.
0: Okay, so um, you've had two cracks at it. Um, what have you learnt? You need to do perhaps more uh, to convince and to make it successful the third time around. What have you learnt from those two original goes?
1: I think um, why we missed out. In um, 1994, it became a bit of a foot race um, with the other clubs and the, the money that was on offer at that time from a sponsorship perspective, the, the, the Dolphins had a deal worth a million dollars a year and those, and, and, and at that time was was well above what was on offer. But that wasn't enough because... Obviously, the, the DB Warriors, as they were at that time, got in and they basically had an unlimited checkbook and were able to buy their way to the table. And we, we saw that 2004, and that was in the Ken Arthurs and John Quayle days. 2004, there was question marks over player X and the value of the meteorites. And both of those questions have been well and truly answered. If you look back um, uh, in terms of the value of the meteorites, we just continued to go up. Obviously, the digital digital explosion and revolution has changed sports view of how to um, monetise and capitalise on, on the value of those rights. That's happened right across the sport. The NRL have done it tremendously. The RFL and the UK haven't done it as well as what the NRL have so you can, you can, you can see where they um, identify how to create value. In terms of the player depth um, you look through the the, the top the twenty five playing roster for each NRL club and super league club and look how many kiwi players <clears throat> are in there, but then have a look below that and have a look at all the development and high performance pathways and have a look how many Kiwi players are jamming up looking to come through so there 's no question as to the, uh, as to um, the player pool and availability and, and that 's a key issue at the moment, one of the Uh, challenges obviously the Dolphins have. as they're coming into a marketplace, sure they're catched up, but the players are already in rosters, and you're going to have to pay and pay big money to be able to get players um, into their club. You're not going to make an immediate uh, dent in terms of expansion of new players, which is one of the things that the Orcas will focus heavily on, is the player development pipeline. And let's face it. We're a rugby, rugby league, mad country. We like television sports. We, we love sport, full stop. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll add even further to that um, elite playing pool.
0: Andrew, we've seen from uh, the America's Cup, for instance, that uh, these bids take a hell of a lot of money. Um, I would imagine it's the same here. Uh, to put a, a feasible bid together is going to take you a lot of money. Are you confident that, that you've got the backing to go ahead from this point onwards.
1: Yeah, look, the, the feasibility of it's going to cost at least a million, at least a million bucks um, straight off the top. But in terms of the scale of the capital that you'll need for uh, a club, again, the process that the NRL just been through gives you a really good benchmark. Um, the Dolphins have had to front with 50 million in bank guarantees, and that's effectively five years of 10 million to cover any operating losses and risks. And then on top of that, we've got at least um, 50 million in cap- capital committed. So when you start looking at it in that scale, that gives you a really good idea as to <clears throat> what the benchmark needs to be. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a business. That's the reality. It's a it's a it's a business, and it's got to be run like that. And the NRL are adopting a very business-like approach. To the way in which they're evaluating what they want the competing bids to have to um, reach in terms of how high the bar has being set and i think also it's probably come, um around their thinking with what's happened with um COVID. they'll want to make sure that not just the new clubs but the existing clubs strengthen their basis because there was you know, touch and go as to whether there'd even be a grand final, whether there'd even be a competition, and what the financial impact, obviously, of clubs not being able to um, meet all their commercial obligations and um, have um, fans in and generating that revenue uh, through the turnstile, what, what, what effect that had on those clubs' P&Ls and balance sheets. So, obviously, the expansion of the game from a strategic point of view New Zealand, New Zealand, a second New Zealand franchise gives a big tick, obviously, the additional game. 17 um, is mm. not a nice number, as you know, from a competition point of view. 18's is a, a very good number because it gives you the extra game. If you have a look now where the upsell has been for the NRL, they had 16 times to what's 192 um, games, uh, excluding the playoffs here they'll increase it to 26 rounds from 24 have two buys and that will give you 17 times 12 which is 204 so these are your extra games but uh an 18th an 18th team gives them a a lot of options it's strategic and it gives them that sort of key playing slot as well in terms of uh of of timing that they don't have at the moment with only having one team so you know there's a lot of strong strategic reasons You, you can look at it from a facility point of view obviously we won't play all our games in Wellington. If it was 12 home games, we'd play, we think, um, eight or nine in Wellington, um, 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 say two in Christchurch and one somewhere else in New Zealand. Um, And that's off the back of obviously the uh, Canterbury um, multi-use arena being built and coming online at the end of 2024, 2025. So facility-wise, you know, we're able to offer up um, first-class facilities, even the high-performance um, facility in Wellington. I'm not sure if you've been out to a look at the um, New Zealand Campus of Innovation and Sport out at Upper Hutt. Um, I've went along and had a look at the investment and facilities that are being built there, They're world-class facilities.
0: So uh, one of the big things uh, against getting it across the line, Andrew, of course, is uh, whether the NRL believe um, New Zealand can sustain two Kiwi sides I would imagine so in a way uh, that depends a lot on performance so you really do need the Warriors to be strong during this time to illustrate that there is that depth, there is that support Yeah look
1: I, I, I think you, the NRL will play the long game you, you, you look at the season where the, the Broncos were languishing in the very very bottom part of the table yet yeah, it didn't stop them pushing forward and getting, you know, three bidders to the table because it sought, it, it met the strategic objectives. Growing growing the game is growing the value, uh, growing the uh, commercial revenues, growing the value of all the franchises and growing the playing base and also growing, growing the idols. New Zealand will definitely tick all of those boxes. Um, and... You know, it becomes a question of: of is the political will there at the NRL level? Well, the NRL have come out and said that second um, New Zealand team makes strategic sense. Andrew Abdo said that earlier this year. So you've got a bit of a different scenario here, where the leadership within the NRL clearly sees the strategic and commercial value of expanding the game, and they see the strength of having a city, in New Zealand side. Um, uh, and it will be good for the Warriors. It will be very, very good, and it will be good for New Zealand sport. If the Orcas are playing the Warriors, you're going to get packed houses in, in Auckland and in Wellington. That's the reality.
0: Well, Andrew, um, it's been 30 years in the making for you, and it's nice to hear that uh, you have not given up your determination on behalf of a second franchise in the NRL. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for your time this morning uh, and continue the good work. We look forward to the progress and any news coming out of the camp. Thank you. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Andrew Chalmers there. He is the managing director of the Orcas Rugby League Limited and firmly believing that they can be the 18th team. Yes, the 18th team in the NRL uh, coming up uh, probably with a start date in the competition around 2028. Seems a long way away. Yes, it does. But uh, there's a lot of things that have to be put in line uh, to convince the NRL that it is feasible.